Good evening, everybody. I was kind of hoping for some more kids, but we have enough. That is okay. Everybody have a good Sabbath? Amen. Amen. I don't want to keep you long tonight. I just want to do a, a short little um, exercise. But before, before I do, I want to share with you a few things. But let's have a word of prayer first, okay? Lord, thank you once again for the Sabbath that you've given us. Thank you for the restful hours. And it is my prayer, Lord, that, that we received some rest. Uh, if not, Lord, Test, please, two. in your mercy and grace, help us through this next week uh, and help us to learn more and more how to uh, receive the rest that you want to give us each and every Sabbath day. So bless us now is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Read a scripture from Psalm 127. Oh, okay. Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Uh, the Bible is clear that, that children are a blessing. A wonderful, busy blessing, indeed, to keep our minds off of, of selfish things. God is good. I want to read a, a few things, a couple articles about uh, family time. And then I'm going to ask the kids to help me out. This article says, No time for the family? You are not alone. Parents and children spend less than an hour with each other every day because of modern demands. Less than an hour. Families spend just eight hours a week together on average. Weekend is best with two hours, 20 minutes devoted to the family each day. During the week, the amount of time shrinks to just 36 minutes on average each day. That sound good? Does that sound sufficient time to spend together? A new survey says that parents and children have less than eight hours together in total each week. Weekends are best with an average of two hours and 20 minutes on both Saturdays and Sundays given over to family time. But during the week, the amount of time shrinks to just 36 minutes on average each day as families juggle work, chores, school routines, and evening clubs. Listen to this. And even when families do get together, seven in 10 parents say that the time spent in, say the time is spent in silence in front of the TV because they are busy reading, playing computer games, or simply too tired to talk. That's our modern day family. So even of those who are spending time together, seven out of 10 are saying that they're not even talking with each other. They're sitting in front of the TV. The poll of 2000 parents also found that grandparents missed out on time with their grandchildren and, and grand, with their children and grandchildren with the average family visiting grandparents six times a year. So all of you grandparents who happen to live near your grandchildren, you are certainly blessed. Average family, only six times a year do the kids get to see granddad and grandma. Some moms and dads are so anxious about the lack of time their parents spend with their children that 65% have or are considering arranging a holiday with them.
Over half admitted the only real time they get to spend together is when they go on holiday away from the distractions at home. You would think that home would be the place where you're actually connecting, but now home is viewed as a place where the dis distractions actually exist. How strange is that? So now when people are thinking of family time, they're thinking the only way to make that happen is to actually get away and do something. Of course, problem is who has the money to do that often enough uh, to get out and have a, an actual vacation? Parents are working, children are at school, and the evening and weekends are taken up with a host of clubs, sports, and play dates with friends. But this means that f many families struggle with really getting to spend some time together and just enjoy each other's company for a while. Instead of getting to enjoy grandchildren growing up, many have to make do with quick visits on special occasions or snatched moments in between weekend activities. That has to do with family time. And you can, of course, can find article after article after article uh, on this very thing. Now listen to this. How does spending time as a family affect children? Now this is very, very, uh, should be alarming to some of us. As you spend your days working and caring for your home and your children attend school and soccer practices, it's not uncommon to feel like ships passing in the night. Making an effort to spend time together pays off, however. Even dedicating 20 minutes a day to family time can help your children grow up to be happier and healthier. That's just 20 minutes a day, dedicating yourself to spending time with family. Children are constantly trying to determine their worth. So when a child sees that their parents and other family members want to spend time with them, it signals that they are smart, kind, and fun to be around. Parents can also help build a child's self-confidence during family time. You might coach them in one of their favorite sports or help them with their homework, praising them for their efforts and skills as you go. Pay attention to their skills and help them find ways to use them. For example, if you notice one of your children is a natural artist, sign up for art classes so you can build that aspect of their life. Listen to this. Spending time lying in front of the television together won't improve your child's health. But some family activities can help your children stay healthy. According to the American Academic Academy of Pediatrics, one study of preschoolers found that children who had regular family dinners, watched limited television, and got enough sleep were less likely to be obese than children who didn't have these routines. Keeping your children busy with family activities keeps them from, longing, from lounging in front of computer or television screens and doing physical activities together helps them build healthy exercise habits. Now, how many of us want to protect our kids from drugs, alcohol, tobacco, and everything else that goes along with it? Absolutely, every single one of us. According to studies done at the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University, teenagers are less likely to use drugs if they spend time with their families. The center studied family dinners and found that teenagers who had three or fewer family dinners per week were four times more likely to use tobacco, twice as likely to use alcohol, and four times more likely to say they would try drugs in the future as teens who had five or more family dinners each week. That's pretty good prevention, right? Sit down and have a family meal together. You're already um, putting within them a preventative measure for, for drug resistance in the future. Making family dinners a habit when your children are young may help them to abstain from drug use once they reach the teenage years. As children grow older, they often start to look 
to their peers for guidance about how to think and act. Spending time with your children means that they can look to you as a role model instead. As you go hiking or walk around the mall with a child, walking around the mall right now these days is not even very productive, is it? <laughs> Talk about any concerns they are struggling with, such as bullying or fights with friends. This gives you a chance to help them come up with strategies for dealing with their issues. Demonstrate positive habits during family time, such as using polite language, and choosing healthy foods, and your children will notice. This wasn't even written by Adventists. It sounded a little bit Adventist right there, didn't it? Choose healthy foods. American kids and their parents are now spending more hours huddled alone around computer screens and cell phone displays, seriously eroding the amount of time families spend together. They say family face-to-face -face time has decreased in a substantial way. There's been a fairly abrupt drop in family time, a process which is usually glacial, said Michael Gilbert, a senior fellow at the Center for the Digital Future at the University of Southern California's Annenberg School for Communication. He says families are the social building blocks of virtually every society, so this cannot be a good thing. Right? Very true. In the last two decades, there has been an erosion in family dinners together that take family dinners together that take place without gadgets. There's reduced cohesion, reduced communication. The annual survey, part of the center's Digital Future Project, involved contacts with thousands of American households. In 2005, the survey found that the amount of time family members spent together, I'm sorry, the amount of time family members spent together averaged about 26 hours a month. That's two hours longer than a full complete day in, an average, in a month of, a, of an average 30 days per month. Can you imagine that? Just over one day of family time together and one month average. No, not good at all. That shared, shared time had dropped precipitously, because that study was done in 2005, the following study was done in 2008. That figure dropped precipitously to just under 18 hours per month by 2008, slashing overall time spent together by 30%. And that was in 2008. And what are we now? 2016, right? That was eight years ago. And we know things have not gotten better. They've gotten worse. Kids, um, adults are more addicted to, to media now more than ever. So I, I wonder what, how much percentage has dropped since then. Pretty alarming, alarming facts. Actually, that's all I wanted to share with you. Um, I want my kids to come up here real quick. All of them. Lucy, Garrett, Ian, and Asher, front and center. <laughs> Because I believe in, in using myself as an example before I, I use anybody else as an example. All right. You guys ready to be honest? Asher says, I guess. <laughs> he's not sure, not sure if he's going to get in trouble for being honest. No. No, no, no. Much trouble can be avoided by being honest. Ian, do you feel like you get enough time with that? Yes. No. <laughs> Are you, being, are you being honest? No. 
<laughs> You're right, we don't get enough time together, do we? You want to get more time together? All right, that's that, that's Ian. Garrett? No. No? Are you sure? You feel like you're really needing some more daddy-son time? <laughs> Told him to be honest. Asher, are we getting enough time together? Nope. Are you sure? Yep. Actually, Asher's been really pestering me lately the past couple weeks. He's been, Daddy, when are you going to spend some time with just me? Uh, and that's tough with our family. We're a big family. So like in the evening when we get to go on maybe a little bike ride together, it's tough because we don't want to split up. We want to stay together. Um, but with our family, you know, we were on a bike ride the other, the other day just around where we live. And Asher's like, uh, hey, can you ride just with me now? And it's, it's tough because it's like, well, if I ride just with you, then we're separating from the rest. And so, you know, it's, it's very complicated thing. We know you, uh, you little guys don't fully understand that. But we need more time together, don't we? All right. What about you, Lucy? When was the last time you and I got away and did something? I don't think we ever have, actually. That's frightening. <laughs> I know, poor Lucy. We, uh, I've done a few things with Garrett alone, taken him out, done things, and, um, and then Ian and Asher have been pestering, pestering me, and, and Lucy chimed in when we were going through this conversation not that long ago. She said, wait a minute, I'm next. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we need, we need to do that. But what you see is a very honest family. Uh, and they say that actually pastoral families are even, um, it's even more stressful and even more difficult to have family time. Uh, question or comment? Okay, nice, loud, and clear. You're going to put me on the spot? I thought I was already on, already on the spot. <laughs> okay. Have at it. That's a good point. Well, you're right about that. In fact, the reason why I have these things up here is because uh, these represent, in some way, um, what kids like to do. You know, girls and even boys, they like to play with stuffed animals. That's important to them. Um, it's nice when a family can get out and do a picnic together. Uh, we've done that. And actually, that we've, that we've been pretty good about doing that at times when the weather's warmer and not too hot in Bakersfield. Um, ball. I mean, how many boys like to play ball, right? Have you asked me ever to play, uh, go play ball with you? Basketball? Yeah, you have. Sure. Badminton? Ian, have you asked me to go play badminton with you? The little rackets behind you? Yeah. These are things that kids like to do. Uh, how many people just like to spend time with each other? Raise your hand, kids, if you would just want some time with your parents. You're not even sure really what exactly you want to do, but just some time, right? Exactly. Or go fly a kite. So what we have next to these things up here are some, I would call them commitment cards. We know what commitment cards are as church members. You know, you come to a series, it's a commitment card to maybe get baptized or join the church. Uh, or you get a commitment card to make a pledge toward the local church budget, right? Well, these are commitment cards to spend time with our kids. These cards are, are sort of a little guarantee, as long as you don't lose them, a little guarantee that, that we are going to bond with our children or spouses are going to bond with each other. So Ian, 
If you would just take a moment and, and pick, pick one of the, something that would be most important to you, and Garrett, you can do the same thing, whether it's playing the ball, maybe you want to go on a family picnic, or play stuffed animals. <laughs> Asher's like, ugh, stuffed animals. <laughs> you all stuffed animaled out? <laughs> all right. Yeah, just take one. And then I want all the other kids to come up here. All the kids, come on up. See, this is the part about holding your parents accountable. This is the fun part, right? Okay, now don't come up here all at once. In fact, Joseph, maybe I can get your help. <laughs> no, you don't actually take the prop. <laughs> you just, you look at the prop and you grab a ticket near the prop. Okay, so let's, let's come up one at a time, all right? Let's back up here. Let's go down by the piano, maybe. Joseph, maybe you can organize them. You're good with the youth. <laughs> I'm just faking it. All right. So kids, what you need to do is you need to kind of look around, all right? And, and if you just need some time with your parents, then go over to the clock and pick one of those little pledge cards, and then you're going to have your parent sign it, and then you're going to keep it, okay? And that little card says, has a little Bible verse on it, and then it's going to say, um, I look forward to spending time with you. And you have to have your parents sign it, all right? Very, very important. Asher just won. <laughs> Asher grabs a stack of like 10. That's 10 hours. Each card is worth an hour. <laughs> That's funny. Everybody get one? As soon as you get one, you can go right back to your seat. Have your parents find a, maybe a pencil in the pew that we fill out our tithe envelopes with. I'm going to sign it. Don't you worry. You're going to have to find a pen for me, though. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Reggie. You know, we're good at making promises as parents. Oh, thanks. All right. We're good at making promises as parents. I, I, I know I've told my kids many times, absolutely, we're, gonna, we're going to do something. Um, but it's easy when, when we get busy and stuff for, the, for that commitment to kind of dissolve. Am I right? That ever happened to you? You ever told your, your child or your loved one, yeah, we're going to spend some time together? Yeah, it's easy to say, but not always to, easy to follow through on. Here you go, Ian. You got to hold on to this. Don't lose it. Maybe you can cash it in tomorrow. Careful. <laughs> yes. Can you explain, especially for those who are, say, single parents? Yeah. How do they? Thanks, Pasquale. How do they find the time to do this commitment? That's a good because question. Because what they're going to have to do is something else is going to have to be removed from their daily plan. Right. And it's all about prioritizing. Am I right? I mean, if your job demands that you work 12 hours a day, you don't want to lose your job because then that affects the family dynamics. So, so getting fired isn't really the solution to spending time with your child. So you need to maintain your job. You got to stay committed to your job. But I, I think on, if we're very honest with ourselves, you know, they, they do these surveys. Um, uh, they call it it's like, like a, um, a life log where you keep track of most of what you're doing throughout each day. And they found that, that most people, if they log their daily activity from beginning to end, they found that many people waste at least an hour or two a day on little tiny stuff, you know, going to the fridge, staring at the fridge, wanting something deep, but can't really figure out what you want. You know, going back to the desk, you're about to get started again. But uh, then you start daydreaming about something else, and next thing you know, you're reading a page from a book, and next thing you know, the phone rings, or you're texting somebody, or, you know what I mean? There's a lot of little things we do that um, really add up. 
you figure 20 times, times five, I mean, that's, you know, how many is that? That's 100 minutes, right? Gone. More than an hour, almost two hours. So, so a lot of the little tiny things we do can really be, be cut out. I think it really comes down to prioritizing. So it's a good question, Rob. So if you're a single parent and, and you know, the family stability is really dependent upon you and your job, um, it's time to maybe look at how much you're sleeping. Um, depending on how old your kids are, you can solicit them to, to get some help in the kitchen. Maybe their old Lucy has finally reached the age where she can actually make a meal, right, dear? Because we're busy, so Lucy cooks sometimes for us. <laughs> she does. And we eat it, and it's good. And she's getting better. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of, lot of ways to work around it. Even little kids, getting them to do chores um, can, can knock down on the, on the time that's needed each and every day uh, where that time can be spent. Uh, so there's a lot of adjustments that can be made. My wife has a question. No, I just have a comment for the single parent, and that would be um, because um, work is a demand, and then your children go to school, and so homework, that's a demand. But to maybe incorporate some of the things that you must do with your children. For example, if you have to make dinner instead of them maybe sitting in front of the television or you know doing something else, you can incorporate them into the kitchen and say, hey, can you help me make uh, whatever, spaghetti tonight, or um, anything that you're doing, if you try to incorporate um, your children with them that might um, help. That's actually an excellent point. Asher loves cooking with, with my wife in the kitchen. Um, he loves doing the smoothies and things like that. Excellent example. Incorporate your kids into doing the things that you're doing. As long as what you're doing isn't something that it takes so much of your attention the child is kind of like a little side item there, you know, buttoned on to the activity. You know, if you can integrate your child in a way where it becomes interactive with them, then, that, then that's worth it. Absolutely. Good, good idea. Anybody else have another suggestion? Anybody a single parent who's actually dealing with this right now? Okay. Oh, Trisha. Uh, Trisha knows. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that was more of like, just keep the mic away. Okay. All right. Thanks, kids. Did you get your parents to sign those things? You did? Are you sure? What child did not get them to sign it? Well, come on up, Garrett. I'll sign it right up here. <laughs> you too, Asher. Come on up. We wanted to get this done tonight, right? Because that little piece of paper can get lost so quickly. Man, that's like four hours. <laughs> it's dangerous how pastors think, you know. Four hours. No, you, know, you kids know I love spending time with you. No complaints there. You hear what he said? Good. That's for you, Garrett. Somebody has a question. Rob. Somebody can get a mic to Rob? Yes, yeah, Thank you. It's on. Thanks, Jeff. There you go. My question is, what about where the child is no longer a child. And there's the disconnect between the grown child and the, a parent. And it's the parents sitting there going, well, now I have the time. But the child doesn't have the time. There was an old song I think a lot of you know. Cats in the Cradle. Cradle. And it talks about this. Yep. But we also have people that 
where the child is now high school, is college age, is just out of college and all that, they're wanting to connect with their parents too. They need dad and mom's advice more now than they ever did. Right. And still mom and dad are struggling just to keep the lights on and the food on the table and things like that. This is not just a simple little spend an hour with your kid. This is a crisis in America and across the world, especially in America. And we need to understand that family is the foundation. And without it, we're really in trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see what we see on TV now or in the movie theaters and things like that because family's being thrown away. That's a good point. You know, I, I can't speak from experience because my kids are still fairly young. Um, Warren and Vicky, your kids are, are grown, and I know there's a lot of their parents where their kids are grown. And, and maybe, maybe you've actually experienced that difficulty maybe reconnecting or there's been estrangement. Um, does anybody have any tips here on how to reconnect with an older, grown child? Renee? Well, not too long ago, like three weeks, I guess, or something like that, uh, Edgar finally convinced me that, that we need, I need to exercise to lose some weight. So he has been taking me about three times a week to the gym, and we spend about an hour, an hour and 15, maybe about an hour and a half together. And he is, I'll tell you, he really knows what to do there in the gym. I come back home almost dead tired. <laughs> so it has been a blessing to me. And the, the, the extra is the fact that we are connecting in, in ways that I, you know, I, I'm very, very, I'm enjoying so much, so much. So it's been a tremendous blessing to me, this uh, idea that Edgar had, even though my body sometimes says, no more. But it was great. Amen. And notice that Renee is doing something that Edgar wants to do. Uh, Renee didn't say, well, how about we do this? Uh, that's a very important key, I think, not to, to do something we want to do and hope the child can, can get on board and enjoy that, but to really find the interest in the other person. That's the much better way of connecting. Alvi. I believe that I would like to speak to all the kids, even the little ones, uh, the older ones, and all of us adults. Not all of us are parents, but all of us are kids, the children or somebody. And most of us as parents, many of us, have not known how to connect or have given the excuse that we were busy. We have felt awkward because connection is an issue of the heart. My mother slept maybe 40, 40, four hours at night, but she read the Bible with us. She went to bed to read stories, translate them from English to Spanish because we didn't have as many books. And when we went to sleep, she went to work until midnight and got up at four. So it requires sacrifices often to be able to do this. But I believe that we need to revert what is happening too, that we need to be less selfish even since we are little kids. My mom told me that being together was helping, helping around and, uh, and doing the stuff. And once in a while, maybe we went camping for a weekend or a Sabbath afternoon, maybe once in a while we went together as a family. But it was rather, we kids were taught to be around parents doing things and finding pleasure in that. 
What we are lacking more than spending time together in plays and games is being able to talk heart to heart. Children need to be able to share what they are struggling with. We need to be able to, to respond at that level. And uh, we all have made mistakes. I watch Edgar reconnecting with the father. For me, it's a son parenting the dad. Uh, parents, we are starving for love. When Gary comes and hugs me and says, hi, Avi, how are you doing? That's a kid that is ministering to my heart. What is your name there? Ross. Every time he sees me, he comes and says, Avi, how was your week? Well, that's the skill of connecting with the heart. And I would say to all of you kids, little kids, connect with the heart of your parents. Mommy, how are you doing today? Especially single parents, they need the kids. Instead of complaining and complaining and being oppositional and argumentative, I want to say, kids, rise up. Let's help our parents. And let's all cooperate together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Albie. Appreciate that. What can we do as uh, older children who, who uh, have been estranged from our, our parents, from a mother, from a father? Um, you know, when it comes to religion, religion can sometimes be the uh, denominational differences, um, Christianity versus atheism. Uh, some of us are in, are in families that are divided in that, in that manner. Uh, what can we do as, as grown-up children to, to connect with our parents who otherwise don't really want to connect? Uh, that's, a, that's a deeper question for pondering. I know in some cases there is, there is a forgiveness needs, that needs to happen, and I believe during this week we're going to touch base on, on that very topic. Uh, but, you know, I always believe, and I, and I think it's kind of being said that taking an interest uh, in the other person is, is where the barriers first are broken down. Um, I have a father who has no interest in religion. Um, he's a good man. He's a morally good person. I mean, he's not, not in jail or he's not out shooting people up or anything. Um, so he's technically, quote-unquote, morally a good person, but he has no interest in religion. And oftentimes, for many years, I felt that he's avoided um, interaction simply because I'm an Adventist and, and of course, now a pastor uh, of a church. But, but you know what? What I've done with my father is... Um, Regardless of his distancing himself, I've always connected with him, kept that line of communication open, uh, not tried to shove religion down his throat or try to prove that he's wrong um, based on our, you know, our beliefs as Adventists and, and even as Christians. And I think from, from taking a break from that for a while has actually helped bring him back. In the past couple of years, he's, him and I have actually gotten a lot closer uh, than we were previously simply because of an adjustment in approach. And I think we sometimes need to um, perhaps step back and see how are we approaching uh, our parents? You know, why, why are they not responding? Um, why are they not taking the initiative? Uh, so sometimes the child has to initiate, initiate that, that, um, that connection one more time. Uh, what about spouses? Um, this is a big topic. Uh, how many spouses here need more time together? You're it, Rob. You're the only one. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maria, 
she raising her hand. Yeah. Probably if all the, if all the ladies were totally honest, they, they would probably raise their hand and say, yes, I need some more time with my husband. Um, <laughs> how's Jeremiah doing? There's Michelle waving in the back there with, with little baby Jeremiah. Praise the Lord. So you heard that, right, Reggie? That little baby's going to, well, now, you know, it's number four. So, so that time gets divided and sliced into even thinner slices. So we have to be even more careful. So, you know, usually when it comes to spouses um, and, and, um, and even friends oftentimes, it's usually an issue of time. I mean, spouses don't necessarily want to play stuffed animals together or, or go shoot hoops. Um, but a picnic really would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, you're, if your spouse took you away and somebody gave this to my wife and I as a wedding gift. Remember this? This little picnic thing? We've never used it. We probably should. <laughs> However, we did bring it on our last little journey. We didn't actually use it, but how nice would it be with, for you and your spouse to just, when the weather warms up a little bit, not too much, to go into the wilderness and, and just have a picnic together, just you and her or you and he. How nice would that be? Undivided time. Uh, there's a little commitment card over here. It has a clock on it. There's a little Bible text that says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Uh, that's from Amos uh, chapter 3, verse 3. You know, you can't agree with somebody unless you spend time with that person. Uh, and the clock doesn't have any, any handles on it. You know, this ticket is good for one hour of quality time together without watching the clock. Hey, dear, am I, have I ever been guilty of spending time with you and, and kind of glancing at my phone, pressing the button to see the clock? You know? <laughs> Huh? I have been, yeah. I don't do it much, but, but I've done that before. She says she hates my phone. I never thought my phone was a problem uh, until I've noticed that she said that way more than once. I hate your phone. Uh, and I started having to think, why does she hate my phone? You know? I mean, I don't think I have a problem, but it made me realize, well, you know what? If it's a problem for her, then I need to realize it's probably a, pro it's a problem that I need to address, whether I define it as a problem or not. Uh, so yes, you know, quality time without watching the time. Uh, how many of you ladies would like, uh, Myra, do you get enough time with Joseph? <laughs> Joseph, trust me, I, we understand. Um, you probably don't. And, uh, and even if you have the luxury of, of having nine to five jobs, uh, spouse with spouse, nine to five and you come home at the same time, how many, how many families, um, how many spouses are, are home in the same house but not interacting with each other? And so I, I want to give the spouses a chance, and don't get angry with the other one. I want to give the spouses a chance to come up here and get a little commitment card that they're going to have their husband or wife signed. One hour of quality time without any dials on the face of the clock. Rob, good man. Where's Debbie? <laughs> Rob's doing this on Debbie's behalf. I was wondering, I'm like, that makes all the sense in the world. Yes, Michelle. Reggie, you need to help your wife up here. <laughs> Get out of the pew. <laughs> oh boy, there's my wife. I would go for the picnic. That's a good one. <laughs> That's it? Everybody's getting enough quality time? Vester, come on. Do you and Sharon get enough time together? <laughs> Which means you can be dishonest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Maybe you ought to grab one anyway and bring it home to Sharon. It'll, show, it'll, it'll let her know that you're thinking about her. You know, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Anybody have plans in here for Valentine's Day? Any couples in here have plans for Valentine's Day? You guys are so boring. You're not even raising your hand. You guys do, like, do nothing? Huh? You work. You don't raise your hand. You're getting enough quality time. You're not going out on a date. Really? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, we understand your excuse, Rob. All right. That's fine. We'll pray for you anyway. Okay. So for the most part, we need to spend time with our families. Is that correct? We need to really keep an eye on our families. We need to spend time with our grandchildren. How many of you have grandchildren in the room? Sanctuary. Raise your hand if you have grandchildren. Huh. Okay. Well, we know you do, Jeff. White beard, white hair. <laughs> he, he, he earned his grandkids. Well, remember what the statistics say, that grandparents are really fighting to have time with their grandchildren. Um, you know, this is one thing that was always a passion for my mom. Maybe, well, I would say more enhanced because she comes from that Spanish culture where everybody's really connected all the time. And she moved to the United States, and my dad was German, and not so much like Spanish culture, but still important. So we grew up, and we only lived a mile from my grandparents' house. And growing up, we would take lots of walks as a family to, to my grandparents' house. They were a mile away down our little country road, and we'd walk there, and we'd have dinner in the summer, and then we'd walk back home, and we did that oftentimes during the summer. And we'd go over during the winter, and, and, uh, and it was just a typical... Sit, in the, sit in, the, um, in the living room. I remember my sister and I used to get so bored. They used to pull out these um, slide, the old slide projector where you plug it in and it puts off like 10,000 degrees as the light bulb burns. And it's on a, the real, what do they call those things? I don't remember. You, you click it and it goes carousel, right. So they would always break out the family photos of, of 10,000 years in the past and my sister and I would be like, no. But the thing was, it wasn't so much for us, it was for them right? That was a really important time for them every time we came over. So, so spending time with grandparents is really important, and what we find research today is that the grandparents are starving for that, their time with their grandkids. So, so there's really so many adjustments we need to make. You know, this whole week of prayer, uh, and Rob, you can come up, because we're going to um, invite everybody to, to have a special prayer together. Uh, this week of prayer is about is about re-examining our, our families, re-examining our relationships, finding hope for troublesome times within our, within our families and relationships. And this, um, this, I just want to encourage you, please invite people out. Please come and support our week of prayer. Tomorrow night we're going to be interviewing Bob and Margaret Baldwin. Um, I really want you to come. Uh, in a nutshell, they've been married 63 years. But they weren't always married for 63 years. They were divorced for two years. They were engaged to two different people, and God told them to break off the engagements. And they came back together and got married two years after their anniversary. You're not going to want to miss that testimony. Unbelievable. Um, Bob is, a, is an ordained minister. Um, just a beautiful couple. I sat with them for a couple hours the other day. And um, so anyway, please support our week of prayer. Um, if, if you are not going through a crisis, Come and be blessed so maybe you can learn something and help somebody else who's going through a crisis. Rob, what, what should we do now uh, for prayer? Well, I think we want to add one little thing. He's, he's mentioning it and everything, and we didn't have it up here, but he's mentioned it several times, and that is time for prayer with your family. 
Spending time in the Word with your family, reading with them, sharing with them. Even little kids, you can read through the stories and things and tell them and share with them. Otherwise, they grow up and they end up saying, well, I believe there's a God. I just don't believe the stories in the Bible because they don't understand. And they never had the foundation laid. I was notorious for that before uh, Kevin was here, when Pastor Marlon was here, I'd come in, as many of you know, very late. So I missed the, in, the entire foundation of his sermons. And by the time I came in, they didn't make sense. And so I was frustrated, and I revolted against it. So you laying the foundational work is necessary. But time in prayer, and you say, well, my kids are 1,500 miles away, or my grandkids are 1,500 miles away, which mine are. What do you do? You start praying for them. And what happens is, all of a sudden, they start saying things like, well, have a happy Sabbath, mom and dad. Or they say, can you pray for this friend of ours who's in school because they're struggling or they're physically having some problems, they're in the hospital, or different things. You see the change. And you want to jump up and down and scream hallelujahs and things like that. And you do in your heart. But that's the beginning. You start with prayer, as you're saying. So I think what would be good is we have a large group here and everything. Do you want to break into small groups? Okay. Then, uh, yeah, uh, those of you that are in families would be great to break together. But those of us that aren't, remember, we are one family here. So it's okay to be with some of your other family members. And that's how we get to know each other, too. So, so let's break up into our groups. Um, with your own family, let's pray specifically for, for better quality time together. Uh, if you're not here with kids, then maybe you get together. Maybe you have out. If, if your spouse, get together with another um, couple and pray for quality time together. Um, if you're here alone, then just find somebody else into a small group and, uh, and let's focus on that. And please lift up this next uh, week of prayer as we begin tomorrow night that uh, healing will occur in our midst. All right, it looks like everybody is done. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet and close for this evening. What a way to end the Sabbath, amen? And what a way to begin Sunday. So with that said, let's close for a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for this time. Lord, I'm reminded of the statement made in the spirit of prophecy that angels are amazed at how little we pray. Father, Christ went through so much that we may have the opportunity to communicate with you in prayer. And Father, it is by the avenue of prayer, Lord, that we are strengthened, that we talk to you moment by moment, day to day. Father, I pray that we, we would gain a sense and understanding of the importance of prayer, and not just the importance of prayer, but the love of prayer. What a privilege it is to communicate with heaven On the back of Jesus, with the arms stretched wide, was the bridge made that, Father, we could have the opportunity to pray. 
And Lord, I humbly pray right now that as we disperse here, our prayer life would increase. Our love for you would increase. And our love for one another would increase. Thank you for the hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God.